have this going right now. But you know, we kind of want to be an incubator for a bunch of different you know businesses. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys like, what's what's like the goal? So the bring that closer to your mouth. Can you hear me? So um, yeah, yeah. we don't. So right now, like the podcast, like I don't want to say it's a it's a means to an end, right? But it's something that we're doing right now to kind of establish some credibility in the yeah. scene and show that we can you know produce some high quality content. But, you know, through the through the podcast, we're going to meet, you know, different entrepreneurs, that, you know, man. such as yourself. And yeah. then, you know, we meet we, we meet a bunch of people. And then, you know, someday down the line, there's going to be an athlete that needs a certain type of connection. And we'll be like, hey, you know, we work with this guy from Boston yeah. who can help with your marketing, you know, just having and then, we, and then we, we connect them and then hopefully take a piece off of that. And then having what this up? guy part of your team. You already Wags like, is yeah, the most yeah, talented Wags kid is. I know. <laughs> So Texas, the nice, way man. the way I describe it to someone in the marketing sense so. is like the podcast for us is like top of funnel. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just kind of up there floating around. Like we just posted a clip with uh, these boxers, the Vargas brothers. Okay, My father like Fernando Vargas was like a fucking legendary boxer. Really, and he's got three kids, and they're all undefeated. One what? of them turned nineteen in April, and he's fighting on ESPN top rank in like a week. Oh, that's tough. He's like these kids are, and they're out of New England. Shit. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. They're fighting nobody's right now, but their dad knows how to promote them in a successful way because his dad's been through their ring. What What area are they out of? Uh, uh, Vegas. Vegas. So oh, we flew out big. to Vegas. So to like, go talk all this to stuff. Them. Oh, when you were in Vegas. Yeah. So all this stuff, like we just pack it up in these Pelican cases. And we're just Love out, it. You know. So um, this is awesome, bro. Yeah, but yeah, just kind of creating like an incubator, an environment where we just connect with people, like help them out, give them some content, just have them on, chop it up, have a good combo. Love it, so, man. Yeah. What you been up to today? Hey, man, listen, always running and gunning. Um, So part of just out of entrepreneurship, right now I am the athletic director um, and 12U head football coach um, for the High Park Cowboys out of of Boston. Um, It's my second year, but I was voted on the board. So I've just been running and gunning with that, taking care of scheduling uniforms, um, coaching staff, just making sure that – Helping my vice president, president, and the rest of the board make sure everything, you know, runs like smooth, like an organization, treated like a business, and then make sure our families, um, you know, enjoy the experience with their kids. Uh, I know for me, growing up in the inner city, like having role models was like a great thing because, you know, I'm no different than any of my friends. If if you go left, you're going left. If you go right, you know, it might end up being a success story. So. For me, I was always grateful to have just certain people that, you know, would pour into me, even if it was like for five minutes, it was enough to be like, okay, I'm gifted enough to know that like, all right, I'm I'm good at this. Maybe I tried or maybe I don't, but at least somebody acknowledged it. And so nowadays, like, it's very important, right? Like even you guys being in this space at some point, there was something that poured into be like, yeah, I could do this, right? Like even you with filming and doing edits and stuff. So I, I just want kids to be able to find their confidence in sports not necessarily you're not going to be you don't have to be the next great athlete you just have to take things that you can learn from sports as a resource to motivate you into other things so like even me I played football all those things right try to go d1 all of that but essentially I learned life lessons that I take with me to this day that are essential discipline hard work never giving up being a team player being able to be around different people from different backgrounds and all that different stuff. So um, it, it paid off. So now when I'm in the world of entrepreneurship and all of that, like it led me to school. It led me to be able to go in different places that I never would have experienced. So when did those like lessons, you know, that you learned like on the field convert into like business? Oh man. Um, it was, I, I went to, play football in California in the JUCO circuit. So, you know, for those that don't know, like JUCO in California is like the biggest thing. It's as big as D1. And What's a lot the of show that's out there? Yeah. So like so uh the Netflix thing, um it's not Friday Night Lights. It's no, it's, it's like the uh The Last Chance You Last Chance, Last Chance You. Yeah. So before Last Chance You became popular on, you know, streaming platforms, like I was in that circuit. So like I was in the same circuit as Cam Newton when he got kicked out of Florida. And was mm-hmm. down there in Texas, and then he was like the top recruit in Texas. Um, but I played in California, so I played against like Joe Montana's son, um, stuff like that. But that experience did a lot for me because I was away from home. I was young. It was a lot of us teenagers who were, you know, taking a, a, a risk on our futures, right? Like 
trying to take that leap of faith. I took all the money I had saved up, went over to California and was just like, all right, I'm giving myself a semester and a half to see if I can get a scholarship. If not, I'm coming back home. Um, I happened to, you know, rip my hamstring. So it was like my season was cut short. Everything that I went out there for to try to accomplish, it was tough. So I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm out here. Like, what am I doing? Um, I had my my oldest daughter now. She was on the way. So I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I need, I'm need. i going to go back home. It's time to, you know, put my big boy pants on and get ready for life. So I got into B.C., and then when I got into BC, that's where I, that's what opened my eyes. I got into marketing, the stuff that I carried over from sports with like just discipline and feeling like I could outwork people. You know what I mean? Like, and so I had some great professors. One was like a VP at Verizon. Another one was a marketing professor that um, when Kobe Bryant was doing his degree and he was facing the Celtics during the finals in 08, that same professor was my professor and he opened my eyes to marketing and I was like, oh, this is easy. Mm. Right. And, um. But what really pushed me to the entrepreneur um, mode was like, I just didn't have the resources. Came from the inner city. Like I said, I was like one of the first in my family to like go to college. And um, I'm in class and I'm next to the owner of New Balance's son. And we were in the same marketing class. And I'm just looking over and I'm just like, yo, this is how it's done. Create resources for your family or those around you so that... Yeah, even though they go to school, they're able to be like, okay, what's next? And they come out of there and it's ready and you pass on the baton. So for me, with my daughter on the way, um, I just looked at it like, you know what? I have to be that person. I have to establish that. And I left school. I took a risk on myself and left school. And it was like, I'm going to take everything I learned here, this experience at BC, and I'm going to take a risk on myself. So ever since I've been applying everything I learned in there with sports, and it's led me into a lot of uh blessed rooms and doors i will say that yeah do you uh did you end up graduating from bc no, no. i've always wanted to go back right and and hear me out on this I, I still i still will i will say this like on the record i will go back to just to get that degree to say i did it but we'll clip this once you once you do graduate we'll have this on have it ready we'll to get go. the date you know 2023 yeah. august and um it's crazy because there's a lot of my my friends like I, I have a lot of friends from high school that went to great universities and stuff like that that graduated with me and i feel like a lot of them were extremely smart right and we kind of i was part of that last generation it was like oh you should go to school because school's like the answer and i happened to be that person that jumped into entrepreneurship and i seen myself you know as successful as they were in fields that like whether it's nursing or any of those things, my grind might have been a little bit different, mm -hmm. but I'm doing something that I enjoy. Like I wake up every day and I'm like, oh yeah, I get to chase something new today or what's on the agenda. I don't have to punch in and punch out and be like, ah, oh, I got to go do this again. Granted, everybody's different. Some people enjoy that and I respect that. I respect, you know, people that go and do their thing, want to be on set. Everyone's different, right? My passion has always been that because I just feel like I've always been chasing more and wanting to be after more. So, um, it's just been, it's been, it's been great. And I do want to go back. Hopefully I do, but my connections to BC now are bigger than what they were when I was going to school there. And, and I enjoy it a lot. When you drop out, you know, that's two times now that you tried JUCO, you yep. tried college and it sounds like JUCO didn't end because you wanted it, it right. to end, but college ended because you wanted to end. Yeah. Was that like, you were just like motivated. You had stuff going for you, or you were just like, "This is what I need to do, and I'm gonna figure it out." Yeah, it was. It was uh, the motivation of wanting my child and my family, future family, whatever that may look like uh, when I'm gone, to be that person that established those roots, right? So, like when I had that kid in my class or classmate, and um, I just looked at him like, "Wow, man! Like your dad grinded his ass off and created New Balance, like." He probably didn't know what New Balance was going to be in his head, right? But he was like, I'm going to do this. And then now it's like, look what it's done. Look what it's become for the last 10 years, right? So for me, it was it was more or less of like, all right, I have to establish something that's able to help others. Not only even just my family, like how me and you were talking about, like you went out for All-Star and like we had met two, three weeks prior, but we always just we kept in touch and I'm just like, yo, hit me, whatever. And like things like that, like I've always wanted to be able to do that because I feel like 
the world's better when we're able to network and connect in those ways and just be like, okay, yeah, I'll make a phone call for you. You should be in these rooms, right? And we we learn how to pick and choose the right people to put in those rooms that represent us when we're not around. So like in my mind, I looked at it like, yo, you're going to represent me well when you're in this room. So I'm not tripping. Right. And, and that's really what I want to do, whether it's my nieces, whether it's my daughters, whether it's my cousins, whether it's a friend, um, there's power in knowing people more so over, um, you know, what we know. It's like the, who we know that gets us into certain rooms. How do you, you know, whether it's your own kid or a kid that you're working with on the football team or yeah. just in your community, how do you teach them that, you know, skill of taking calculated risks? It's it's tough um, because everybody's mind's different. But like like I spoke earlier, you almost have to channel in and, and it's more or less paying attention to the peop- the person itself, right? Like. You might, like I said earlier, you might have a kid who is extremely athletic, all right? And then you might have a kid who is the brains. So you want to almost encourage um, them into the the world that they're in. You don't want to really try to shape them into somebody they're not. Um, you know, a perfect example is I have a younger brother. Um, he's at uh, UMass Dartmouth right now. But out of all of our siblings, 3.7, 3.8 GPA, wasn't the most athletic, right? Like all, all of us played sports. But the one thing I always would tell him was like, listen, there's nothing wrong with being smart. You want to do coding, you want to do media, you want to do all these different things, like tap into that. That's who you are. Don't try to form into somebody you're not because then you're going to hate that person when you get older. You're going to be like, why did I even do this? And even for myself, sometimes I look back and I'm like, did I waste time on sports? Sometimes I feel like that. But in other instances, like it helped me develop a lot of different um, adversity skills and perseverance and um, team building things in, I wouldn't be able to help others. Like you said, like I wouldn't be able to coach into my daughters or nieces and nephews or other children that I help coach because I wouldn't have learned those valuable lessons. Yeah, you've been on that field. You know what they're yeah, going yeah. through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So can you kind of walk us through the timeline? Like, you know, you went, you said you went to Juco, you mm-hmm. know, blow out the hammy, you go to BC, you take taking classes, you decide it's not for you. You yeah. want to do something else. So you drop out of you drop out of BC. When's this? When did you drop out? This would have been 2010. 2010. Yeah. Okay, so that's 13 yep. years ago. Yeah. So what'd you do immediately after you dropped out of BC? So when I left out of BC, uh, it's crazy. I always say that my my one my one of my younger brothers. I have four younger brothers, an older sister. Um, he was in the music scene heavy in Boston. Um, he had been rapping since he was like 16. He's three years younger than me, and he was a young entrepreneur. He would do his own uh, album covers, graphic design. He would order his own merchandise. Like this kid was his own business and knew a lot of that stuff before I even did because I was so focused on sports that um, I finally was like, you know what, let me help my brother. So he was like the first real client I ever had. And I was like, you know what, I'll pour into my brother. So I took all the marketing stuff that I learned at school it was like this is how we have to do it. Like as much as we we started, we were part of that ever. Like Instagram had just come around, 2012, 2013. I wasn't even on it. My brother was ahead of him. Like yo, you need to get this app. I'm like, what is this? I didn't care for social media, and he was like, no, trust me, it's gonna be a tool that is gonna work for you. So, you know, during that time, I did you know all the marketing for him. I wrote all the treatments for his music videos. Um, I did all the emailing to the blogs and the vi- music venues to get shows and kind of learn how to handle the artist, manage the artist, do marketing with my own brother. And I learned a valuable lesson with him was because he wanted it just as much as I wanted whatever I wanted for myself, that it taught me not to just take on any client either. Because you'll have people who are like, oh, I want to do this, man. And then it's like, okay, cool. Well, you have to show me whatever you're willing to put into your own dream because I already know what I bring to table. I already know how hard I'm going to go for you or what I'm going to do. And I feel like a lot of people lose sight of that. And I feel like you know, sometimes that's when people fail or fall off because they don't have that self-motivation. They're waiting for somebody to be like, oh, let's do that. And that's not how it works. So him and I had a great chemistry. I learned a lot. I did a lot of networking throughout, you know, different states too. We we would go to New York. Um, I put together a, you guys ever heard of the A3C Festival in Atlanta? It's kind of like um, South by Southwest. It's like you know, um, like a blend of like yeah, culture, tech, yeah, yep. music, and social media. Yeah, like, so yeah. they've been around now. They're probably on like their, I want to say like 16, 16 years now. Okay. But even during that time, 
I reached out to whoever was putting that together and, and I created a Boston uh, calling stage. So oh, I had really? the first ever like Boston and New England artist stage in Atlanta at the A3C uh, festival down there. And I and we had a ton of artists down there. Artists that even now are making noise. Um, you know, shout out to all of them that believed in the vision. But we went down there deep. We probably had like um, 10, 12 Boston artists, New England artists, including, um, you know, the likes of, you know, I had Millie's on there. I don't think he was able to get down there. But we did a whole thing. We even did like a, even a pop-up shop. Mm-hmm. down there similar to like a bodega like yeah. a concept it's called threads nice. uh, threads atlanta but that was even like one of my first experience of what it was is taking the risk and seeing if it really happens and then running with it so early on i was learning how to do you can bring, you can bring it in you're good learn how to do like productions and stuff like that thank you and um so that type of stuff fueled me knowing i could do it right so doing it first with with my brother as the first client led to everything else um so after that what happened was i was working at the you guys know what the w boston is on stewart yeah so yeah, that was my first um interaction of seeing boston's nightlife scene mm-hmm. and i was the front door one of the front door ambassadors at the w so i'd handle the luggages um you know with my guys out there handling the cars and i would meet a lot of different people in the scene uh club owners restaurant owners even when artists would stay there i met j cole Ludacris, yeah that's probably a popping spot Chief Ke- yeah i met a there, lot right? of i even met diddy in there i met a lot of people mm-hmm. in there like there would be a lot of guests that would stay there were cool but i started it was meant for me to go there because i started learning how you run a, run things right so like if an artist comes in you see how they do the itinerary you see how the team around them moves um like before kevin hart started doing stadiums i had met him that first year he even did the garden so i seen how a security team move i seen how he moved i seen how just seeing those things and that exposure was great because i was like oh i'm soaking this up this is how this is done so what like was it again like natural instinct just like for you to take yeah. it all in or is it was there something it, it was it was natural because even to this day a lot of those things i have in my brain yeah. it's like it's coded mm-hmm. right and so after that happened you know i met the club owners, a lot of the top promoters at the time, these are like legendary guys that brought a lot of the energy to Boston, right? And, um, you know, they brought me on board and offered me a position to be the ambassador and the front doorman at Bijou. And this had to be, what, 2014? Um, so this, and it, is, this is in a year. This is in a year. Yeah, from, man, from this is all, you're right. Okay. So it's all happening the way it's, it's supposed happening quick. To, yeah. yeah. And even being in there, now I'm in a fast-paced environment. Mm-hmm. I'm learning from the GMs, learning from ownership, learning from the guys who brought me in. Um, and I soaked it all up. But I also wanted to put my own touch on things. And I was like, you know what? This is what's... I would see things be like, okay, this is what's missing. And then piece it together. And I was mapping it out in my head, believe it or not. Like, one of the things that wasn't happening was the two rooms merging, right? Like, we all know they had the students and the in in the techno music side and then you had like the hip-hop room pop room and during that time i was there one of the biggest things was like yo let's merge it how do we figure out how to merge it because it's all in the same culture music music's universal and that was one of the biggest things that i enjoyed was doing that and when i realized i was meeting people from different walks of life different parts of the world and i'm like oh this is fun and so that fueled a lot for me too and just knowing the power and connection knowing the power and network and just um taking it taking a full throttle so my next step from the club scene was i didn't want to i didn't want to be old and be in there i i i didn't want to be 40 and life passes me by then i'm in here with a bunch of young people and i'm like okay what happened right and so as we all know like it, usually the club scene has its spurts of like four years five years people new faces i took it i was like let me go back to the marketing roots. Let me go into the consulting. Let me take all these things that I learned over the last five, six years, seven years, and start a brand. So that's when I got into the marketing and branding official and started my company, DP Marketing and Apparel Inc., where um, even then I was still doing like pro bono things for people that I cared about and learning from them, right? Like even if it was being in a room with a bigger star maybe i didn't get paid that time but sometimes you don't always need to get paid for everything to learn something from it or to build off of it um and it just kept going right so i was blessed to be in rooms with the likes of jason tatum and Jalen brown and 
you know, James White of the Patriots, Sweet Feet, and Sweet Matthew yeah. Judon, um, you know, Diddy's kids. I'm, I'm cool with that entire camp. And those guys, amazing guys, humble kids. They work hard, so they don't just rely on their dad. I've seen them in action. Um, and just different I can I there's so many different people I can't even name, but it's like it's I've become so accustomed to it that it just fuels me to work harder. And it and it's and it it's almost like a domino effect. Um I feel like too at that point when you're with all these people, it's not you're not with them because of their fame. You're right. that, that's just another person in your life. Yeah. And you're at the level where you're providing value to them. So yeah. it's not just like you're not just like around them. And like. and that's the and I think that's the thing that people feel to realize, right? Like I've been around these people in the real realm. Like real, like yeah. you said, they're they're normal people. They just totally. have a God gifted ability or somebody in their life worked really, really hard to put them in position. And so like I think a lot of people get so caught up in like the star, you know, being starstruck. But in reality they're normal they're normal beings, right? Like they have their everyday things. They have problems just like anybody else but a lot of them are really humble and a lot of them come from working hard they didn't just get to where they're at by luck that's a lot of hard work like they put the hours in I've seen I, I know Tatum and Brown put in the hours in the gym when no one's watching everybody thinks like the Instagram stuff's cool but no they really get it yeah, in yeah. you know what I mean Marcus Smart they get it in they put in that time yeah, and you it pays see off like one percent of their life Probably right. less. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, even even some of the people on the executive level or people that run restaurants that I know and own restaurants, like, I have a lot of respect for those people because I've seen the, the battles of how do you run a business? Everybody thinks it's easy to run a business. People think somebody opens a restaurant and they're like, oh, they're just making money. No. They might not see money for the first seven to eight years because they put so much in investing to see, you know, that ROI, they return on their investment. So, it looks good. It glitters. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of work. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Even a lot of people that survived the COVID stuff, like, got to have a lot of respect for those people. There's a lot of adversity and perseverance. And, and for all of us, right? Like, I feel like that's been lost where we all forget that we were all just in the house for, like, almost two years, not even being able to interact with one another. So I don't take anything for granted. Even that being COVID, here with y'all, yeah, like, that COVID like, time was crazy. No, it for, is. for me as well. So like, I was in high school. Yeah, I was a junior in high school when, when like the pandemic hit, and I had a marketing agency. Yeah. So I was working with car dealerships to do all their like lead generation ads. Yeah, all over the country. We had just like launched in February of 2020, and I was so hyped. I was a junior. Right I was like, the, you know, I had like a couple of years that I was like trying to work on a business, and I was like, this is gonna be my big break. Like, at that time, I was like, you know, I could do this instead of going to college. Right. Boom, COVID hits. Like, And then you're like, well, what's next, yeah. right? Like, But yeah. I had a little bit of, like, drive. Or, no, I had a lot of drive just from, you know, having something out of school. Like, all my yeah. friends are like, what am I going to do with all this time? So that's when I, like, picked up a camera. I mean, that's awesome. But see, like, that, even that in itself, that's why I always say, like, school isn't necessarily always the answer. Yeah. I will never discourage anybody from going because everybody has a lane. But, like... As a junior, you knew yeah. where you wanted to go, right? Which most kids, admittedly, would not have. So, nope. but I'm I'm very curious to see how it pans out yeah. because I think a lot of people, well, I, not a lot of people, but I think there are people that will come out on top, and we're starting to see, and we'll, we will continue to see the success that like started from the time that they were able to build. Yeah, when COVID, you happened. know, you know, and capitalize on that. Yeah. Time. I think that during COVID, people had so much time; it really like kind of set people apart because you know some people were just content sitting at home right and then some people got bored and like i was fortunate enough to go to a four-year school like, i went to penn state had, nice, a, had a great time you know Lions, like, four Lions, years man. i got the whole you know i got the all-american college experience you know right. i went to a good school that when i say you know i went to penn state people were impressed by it i got to see saquon barkley i saw division one college football i went to some of the best bars in the country you know experience. i i was able to you know get an internship at you know whatever company I wanted to, right. you know, and like, I felt like I had the world at my fingertips and growing up, you know, my parents were always like, you know, once you graduate, once you graduate high school, you're going to college. Right. It was never an option for me. So and I that's went awesome. and it was great. And I graduated, 
but then COVID, you know, I had so much time on my hands that, you know, I was kind of bored. I started, you know, like starting these different businesses, whether it's, you know, buying and selling watches, helping people, right. you know, like market, you know, like whatever, whatever I was doing, just I was, I was just bored. And then I started so many things that I was making some money from, you know, a bunch of different avenues. I realized like a nine to five wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. And if COVID had happened, you know, two, three years earlier, like I was wags, I probably wouldn't have gone to school, but I was so pot committed at the time. I'm like, right. I'm going to finish it. And this is, I'm still going to work a nine and to five. And it's still good that you finished, you know what I mean? You know, I, I'm glad that I did, you know, I'm, you know, thankful to my parents who, yeah. you know, put me through school. You know, I don't have any student loans. I'm awesome, you know, very lucky Shout out to your that. parents, man. Shout yeah, shout out mom and dad. They don't, they don't really sure, uh, understand this whole entrepreneurship route I'm going right. on right now. But hopefully someday, you know, they'll see it. And it'll pay off. No, I, I think it will. But um, and we all And we have to understand, like, they come from that era of just, like, you know what I mean? That straight line, black and white. Like, what do we do? We go here, you go to school, mm -hmm. you get into the workforce, right? But if our parents and, and, and didn't take those sacrifices to be the one, like I said, the pioneers ahead, right? Like, I have to be the trailblazer for my daughters so that they can come in the world and feel like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Okay, I'm going to figure out how to, how to support you and, and pour into that, right? So, like... They they love you, so they're gonna they're gonna still pour into you. They may not fully agree or don't see the vision yet, but it'll pay off. And I and I feel that because you finished school, mm -hmm. so this is gonna be easy for you. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. You, you know, you brought up that story of like the New Balance kid yeah. in, in your class. Like, I mean, I got like goosebumps when you said that earlier. Oh, it was real, bro. And is that every day when you wake up? Is that like just? on your mind like you see it, your kids it literally so like for me to be able to talk to you guys about this it took me it took me to realize that that was my moment where i was like oh this was it this was it really was because i was in an amazing school bc was amazing it changed my life like being in chestnut hill and growing up in the inner city of boston and being like wow like i know kids in my neighborhood who have never even made it up to Chestnut Hill, don't even know this exists in the backyard, right? So, you know, I'd be on campus and kids are driving in Bentleys, S550s. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool, right? Like, and then I would still, you know, I was I was working a regular job, going to school, all those different things. And I'm just like, just telling myself every day, just work towards something, right? Like, like we're here now and I'm blessed to even be able to talk to you guys on this podcast even about my journey because at that moment, I didn't know anything. I was gonna, I was gonna be a new dad, I'm young. I'm hoping I get to where I'm in my brain is, right? Like, I felt like I was going to be where I'm at. I didn't, you know what I mean? At that mm -hmm. time, yeah, no. some of the people that I even met weren't, were like 10 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, seeing that and being in that class, you and saw it, you that, saw it. it was yeah. a vision. It was like, oh, this is what it's about, right? Like, for me, like, I chased my goals and my dreams. I was bringing a, a, a life into this world and had to become that person for that life right and so it was no longer about me and i understood that and you know growing up not having like like i say it's like our parents and our grandparents and the people before set the tone um my parents were hardworking, blue collar but i didn't grow up um with like a grandfather that i could look at and be like oh my granddad went here so i gotta chase this to top it right but in my mind, whatever was set for me is like, all right, I'm going to try to do better than what my parents were capable of doing for me, and they did their best. So now where I set it at, where I'm at, I'm hoping that my daughter's out taught me, and then my grandkids someday, God willing, see that and be like, oh, he took the risk, mm -hmm. now we're here with it. And that's the goal, because when I'm gone, none of this shit matters. None right. of the thing, none of the jewelry, none of the cars, none of the, anything that I've ever experienced, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying at that point when I'm going. So, I think that's kind of one of like the reasons why you're you're such, a, you're such a great guest for us to have on because you know where. But you know, nickel up comes from. Oh, what are you doing today? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know, just you know, just minding my business, getting my nickel up. You know, mm. I'm just trying to make a buck, trying to you know yep. make a little bit of money to try to you know make my life better. And everything that you said kind of like really embodies that. You did everything that you could to you know make a better life for not only yourself and like, but also your children. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. So, I think it's cool um, now because it's like not not nickels anymore. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's crazy because like. I'm very I'm I'm a quiet person. Like he'll tell you. Like I I he sometimes and for those that know my 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 brother Johan's in here with me. He's in here, but like Johan's known me for like ten years. And there's times I'll be in a room and I don't really talk on like what I do or who I am. 
he'll speak up for me sometimes. Like, no, y'all don't know who this man is, right? And it's like, but for me, I'm just so wrapped up in where I'm at that I don't, I haven't, I don't sit down and actually reflect because I'm still going. I never will because, like, even the great people in any form of life and where they're at, whether it's corporate America, whether it's an athlete, whether it's you know, movies, acting, you know, writing, any of those things, like, you just keep going because you're technically writing your story every day you wake up. I don't take any day I wake up for granted. It doesn't matter. Like, I I, I want to be better each day, whether that's being better than human beings, whether that's being better for myself, whether it's something I didn't do right the day before. Like, finding progress every day is 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 a step towards being better, is what I should say. So, like, again, like, we talked about me getting over here at this time. I had to. And I told him, I was like, hey, Comey, I'm going over here. Like, wanted to make sure that I was here and support you guys. And, you know, sometimes stories are important. I don't really talk a lot. Like, I, I in a world where, like, social media, like, everybody has a voice, sometimes some of the things that I feel like I speak on will go over people's heads. Um, so, like, being on a platform like this and being able to talk and not be, like, I'm technically not the person talking about myself. You guys are asking the questions, and it's, and I like it. It's a it's a vibe. I, I really don't speak on a lot. You know what I mean? I'm just blessed to be here. I have a lot of friends that, from my neighborhoods, didn't make it past the age of 16, 18, would never, you know what I'm saying, experience the things that I get to see in life. So, as I go through life, I t- I'm taking all those people with me, right? Like, taking advantage of being alive, being here, being present, um, and just trying to make something out of myself when I'm gone. I hope I'm not like putting words in your mouth, but like do you have any like like almost survivor's guilt where you're so successful out of your neighborhood and then, you know, like some of your friends, you know, you said they didn't make it, they might not yeah. be doing as well as you are right now. Right. Do you do you draw any inspiration from that? Right I draw now? I actually draw a lot of inspiration from it. Um we're talking about I went to I went to a middle school. How old are you when you're in the eighth grade? What is that? Fourteen? Probably fourteen, thirteen. Right? Yeah. Thirteen, fourteen. I'm coaching kids right now in, in, in that age. I was going to school with metal detectors. Mm-hmm. I was going to school with, with kids that had to hide or stash guns in the bushes for when we got out of let out that were worried about their life. And we're talking that this is like, yeah, thirteen, fourteen, it's two thousand three, two thousand four. You know what I mean? Like, and I was, so I was born in 2003 and, and it's crazy. But like to think that a kid at that age has to worry about coming out of school and stashing a gun or stashing a knife or tucking the drugs that they got to go sell because they got to survive. Like I grew up with kids like that. I just was I just was fortunate enough to have an outlet. My outlet was sports because I was I, I would be outside. I'd be outside of my neighborhood on the corner outside on summertime, whatever. But I had to get to practice or. I was so exhausted from practice from school that it, I just didn't have the time. So me having, like I said, like sports was a blessing for me, even though I didn't get in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to be the next big thing. Right. But maybe that thought process in my head has led me to where I'm at now, because if I didn't have that and I didn't have the self-confidence, I can't end up like any of my friends. And, and I wouldn't say it's like a survivor's uh remorse or guilt because um I feel like I'm doing right by them I feel like if they were here or you know people that I know that I'm still connected to to my neighborhoods and stuff like that like I just try to make everybody proud because where we come from is very it's it's tough you know what I mean like I said at that age people don't choose to be in the streets you know what I'm saying where I'm from it's it's almost put into their life and they come from different dynamics, so we 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 have to survive. And like I said, if we're lucky enough to have a role model or somebody that puts their hands on you to be like, hey, listen, like go in this direction, it's because of that because I've seen it. Yeah, but and, building off of that, like you know, I bet kids, I bet that you know your friends back in the day yeah. wish they had a guy like you, you know, like a coach yeah. like you, a mentor like you, giving back to your community, and really making a difference. And it's tough, right? Because like, let's say. You know, playing devil's advocate. Let's say we do have a kid. He might be the next, like, big thing. Football, baseball, basketball, whatever, right? But it's so difficult for that kid to get done with school, have to know that when they go home, either a parent that's on drugs is there, they don't have the means, um, their father might not be around. They may even be 
the eldest sibling that takes care of everybody while mom has to go to work or whatever the case may be or grandma. So like it it sucks. And so you just hope that like that's why I, that's why I'm very big on making sure I'm in my community and giving back because I love my daughters a lot. I would do anything for them. Not every kid has the type of parent that I am or but other type of parents that I see that are out there for their kids. So, you know, that those couple of hours that I am with my players or other kids or stuff like that, that I can be impactful to their life, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing more important than than that. Like I said, all the materialistic stuff doesn't matter. You feel me? Like, nobody can take that shit with them. The experiences are what, are what counts, right? Like, if I can take, you know, a couple kids to experience and meet a player or have their favorite player leave them a message, um, get them an autograph, or bring my daughters to a game. There's different things like that's more important to me, right? Because when I'm gone, those memories stick with them, those happy moments. But, like, material shit, that don't matter. It, it will never matter to me. You know what I mean? So, like... Like you said, I just I think that um, any of us would have loved to have the role model. Like I said, I, I was lucky enough to have, you know, a couple people that would speak to me in a way where it resonated. Like, hey, you're gifted enough to do X, Y, Z. I just had to believe it, which I did. If I didn't, it might be a different story. You know what I mean? So I think that that's very important. Self-confidence and building self-esteem in the people is a big thing. One question that I might that, that I would have kind of back to where you were talking about how you know you just don't really talk about yourself, which yeah, I admire. Yeah. Um, when you do introduce yourself, yeah. you know, obviously, like we kind of just jumped into this pod too. <laughs> so, but like, like who, like who are, like how, how do you talk about like you know just introduction? It's, you know, what's so crazy that you asked me that. I, to this day, when I'm 34, when I'm asked like what I do. Or like, what I, mean, I really don't have an answer because it was like created. Mm. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm a doctor. I went towards that or a lawyer or any of those things. Like what I've built or what I've become over time just by like trial and error is like, I really don't even have a title for it. I would say I'm into consulting, marketing and branding, but I'm more of like a, a dot connector. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, it was a gift that was given to me that's just like unexplanatory. And I just go with it because it's it's something I enjoy doing. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy bringing people together, um, connecting people, right? Like I can't be everywhere at once. So like I'm not a videographer, right? But if, if we left this room, I know you shoot things like crazy. I've seen it. So it's like if I get a call, it's like, hey, you have to, oh yeah, for sure. I'm gonna call Wags, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey Wags, if you're around, if you're if you're in town, this is an opportunity, right? And then the hopes of it is just we continue to build a friendship and a business relationship, right? And then everybody eats. And that's the and that's the biggest thing that can come from it because, you know, one, that opportunity came because of the network and the relationship with the room, but it also came because of how talented you were and how we got connected organically. I love a lot of organics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even me and your partners in this media, nickel media, right? Like it's dope. It's organic. And that's something that when I'm out and about, it might be in Seaport now or see you around. But, hey, bro, what's up? Oh, yeah. Like what's new? Like how's, how's your family? How's the podcast going? Like I believe in that energy and I believe good energy flows with people. But if I described myself, um, just just somebody who had the the guts to just take a risk on themselves and just hope that it paid off and didn't really I didn't really try to put a destination on it right because like you can't put a destination on entrepreneurship you can't put a destination on the expansion of like where our mind can go um some of the great people in this world a lot of things wouldn't have been created or even happening if they didn't take that risk, right? Like, yeah, you went to Penn State, but you know in your mind, in your heart, like, yo, there's bigger shit out here for me to do, to get done, that I could take things to a whole different level, right? Yeah. I'm just happy to be smart and have this fucking degree and can do whatever I want, but I know in my heart I want to do this. And I feel like, like you were saying earlier, with with COVID, I think COVID, you know, sadly, God rest everybody who soul who passed from it and what it did to a lot of people mentally and mental health wise, but like we almost seem like a cleansing. We seem like 
people tap into gifts or talents that they probably didn't know they had or were forced to tap back into. And I think it was a way kind of better because it, it brought a lot of light and creativity into the world. Um, so you almost have a balance of those who are really going out to get it. You almost have a balance of some people who are actually like lazy and assume that things are going to just fall you out either of the sky. You either have to get it or it would get, get you. Yeah. You yeah. feel and what I'm saying? And change. that's kind yeah. of where we're at right now. Yeah. We're, yeah. We, we're in the new renaissance. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of the art deco era of like prohibition and, and architecture. It's like, the roaring 20s right no, now, baby. Right? And this is, and this is what it is 20s. Yeah. all over again. And and that's what's happened. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing the the recreation of what's going to happen for us for the next 100, 200 years and leading that platform, tech, software, podcast, entrepreneurship. Like that's people who get left behind in this. It's because they didn't, like you said, you either you either gained from it or you didn't. And is and that's where we're going. Like even even in my daughter's school, she goes. My oldest goes to Boston Latin, no, and like. Cool. I'll be in that school and this kid's doing crazy, mm -hmm. amazing things. And I'm like, you're only 14, <laughs> you're 13. But it's like, that's where their brain is at right now, right? And it's like, wow, we have so much more to go, so many more things that are going to be um, created and things like that. So it never stops. And that's what, you know what I mean? Even with you guys, like a testament, just keep going. Like, keep chasing it, keep doing what you're doing, and it's, it's going to pay off. Hard work beats everything out right like you guys could be doing anything right now and you're in here making sure that you fucking got your podcast going you could be running around running a mug doing whatever being young but like you're pouring into your into what you want to do and it's gonna pay off i think the the cool thing about like having that identity where obviously you're just hustling you're just working you're connecting those dots yeah like there's always been that person throughout history but it's changed you know, the roaring 20s, that person looked yeah, a lot yeah. different with social media or even like the 50s, 60s, it was different. Yeah. 90s, it was different. Now in a digital world, you know, I'm in Utah, I send you a DM <laughs> yeah. and you're like putting me in like a ball main event, you know? Right, right. So it's really just like, I mean, I feel that's so the blessed evolution to be in this, it, this age where yeah. it's everything's digital. Um, yeah. But I think it's awesome. I think it is... It's just the evolution of mankind, right? Like yeah. back in the day, it was just a lot of face card. It was, it was the who's who. So a lot of people who might have been creative were kept out, mm -hmm. right? With the digital concept, like you have your own voice, you have a lot more creatives. You have ways of still getting your art in what it is you do out there without needing approval from other people, right? Because there's there's going to be an audience for nickel media just like there's an audience for other different genres or anything else that's out there so like what you guys tap into is going to channel a whole market of people that are like oh yeah these are the type of things i want to hear these are the type of people i want to be connected to and so like that's what i love about this era and, I, and i'm glad that i'm actually able to be within it and know that it's going to continue to grow i remember like i said Instagram started in 2012, 2013, and to see where it's at now is, like, crazy to me. So, you know, Facebook and MySpace were, like, the biggest things <laughs> when I was coming up, and it's, like, we're way past that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, just to kind of put, like, devil's advocate here, though, you said it's kind of easier to become an entrepreneur nowadays because of, you know, social media, and you don't right. really need to be somebody, but I think that almost makes it, you know, more daunting because when you're starting a business right now, yeah. when you're starting, you know, especially a media company, you got to put everything out there, and everybody's seeing what you're doing, right. and then you, know, you have your, fr you know, friends or people in your life that, you know, kind of rooting <laughs> on your downfall right. just everything you're doing you're putting it out there and it's documented and if you don't succeed mm. there's like a higher bar you want to you want to set i agree with that so, and, and that's actually a, a challenge within itself right like you you're the person that's taking the risk to to, to be outside the box i'm, I'm gonna take this risk i'm gonna be out there right and so you almost got to have that thick skin to be like well i took the risk you and you're gonna see me succeed and either way you're already you're already succeeding because you've already taken this step right like when i took the step to go play juco it was a risk i didn't know what was on the other side of the of oh in california waiting for me right like i just knew who i was i knew what i wanted to do i knew the type of person i was but 
that actually led to me being even better because it, it told me I could be on my own. It told me I could survive anywhere else and not to have to have my family around me, right? So, like, you're right, putting yourself and putting all that stuff out there, it's very, it's, it's highly competitive because you have, right, like, you have everybody trying to do it. Um, but what really sticks out is being genuine and being and having your own lane, right, and just kind of sticking to that, I think is the biggest testament to the things that succeed with it. People understand copycat and mimic and all those things, right? But, like, if you're genuine what you have and, and people organically vibe with you, like, what I love most is seeing, like, athletes create their podcast or having now the platform to to be able to speak because it opens up so many things that as kids, when we were watching sports, I'm like, what's he, what was he thinking when he did this? And now they're talking about it, which makes it really cool because it's like, they can't be criticized for it. They're, you know, they're exposing and there's a lane for that. Like I'm the type of person that hopes one day that sports stops commentators and you can just hear what's going on on the court mm. as if you're sitting in court. So I think that's the next step in any sport. You know what I mean? So like, it's just growth evolution. And um, that's where we're at. It's only going to get crazier. It's only going to get more competitive, right? Like, you went from people only being on Wall Street to now everybody knows how to do this shit on the computer yeah. digitally. Everybody's like Robin Hood and this and that. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, it's like, oh, okay. AMC. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Like, now everybody can teach themselves how to like, do stocks and bonds. So it's just like, with every, like, you guys are definitely in the storm, the eye of the storm of this shit. So it's like, you got to stick with it. You got to find your your niche. Stick with that niche. Stay consistent. And it would just lead to other things. I wouldn't say like try to put a cap on yourself or be like, oh, right. Your goal is like, like yeah, we want to get here on this level with it. But it may lead to totally other things. You guys could go for running your own podcast to running 10 and being the producers behind 10 yeah. of them yeah. that are high level. And they're like, we love the quality of this shit. That's like the, that's the, I'm always thinking like that. That's how, that's how my brain goes. Yeah, that's it's the like, goal. yeah, we're hearing right now, but like five years from now, you might be running other people's shit on all kinds of platforms, five of them at one time type of thing. You know what I mean? Under your media brand. So that's the type of level that, like I think on a daily basis, like RK, what's next? I think it's cool bringing that perspective in working with athletes. I mean, it seems like at all levels, from yeah. from youth to college to professional, that's a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, mentoring or or on the business side, and just just bringing that perspective in, yeah. having been around it a lot and like lived through it, um, is is interesting. What are some of the like the projects that you have currently that you could talk about? Um. <laughs> I mean, I would love. No, to no, no. It's cool. It's cool. I, I. This is awesome. So, and if you want to talk to and like, there's something that you don't want to yeah, share after. No, we'll, we'll cut it. Yeah, out, yeah, yeah so. you're good. So, start at the youth level too, because I, I think like youth yeah. football, like you could easily just talk about the Celtics players that you yeah. might know or like whatever. So, like youth football right now for me, um, like I said, my biggest thing is every kid wants to be the next big thing, right? Like mm -hmm. I was that kid. Like Sports Center and ESPN was was my dad. Like, I want to be Ken Griffey Jr. I wanted to be like Barry Sanders, Dion, Michael Irvin. Like, it was that, right? And then I would take what I learned and bring it to the outside and, and try to mimic it. I think for me at the youth level, it's getting these kids to understand, yes, that's a great thing to want to be an athlete. But, like, what's next for you, right? Like, you're they're going to be in the era of business and digital media and NIL. I didn't have NIL. I, I had a situation where I was in high school. I wasn't able to even talk to the NCAA or colleges that were looking at me. I had to rely on an adult to speak on my behalf, my coach, which, long story short, he failed me. My high school coach withheld all my D1 letters, and I didn't receive them until it was like a year later. I had some great schools like interested in me, and then I had to play catch-up. I had to, I had even had to fake that I was my own uncle to get Syracuse to let me come, you know, uh, statue of limitation, but Syracuse brought me up for a visit, me, my brother, my dad, because I had missed out on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, start, in, the story, start the story from the beginning. Tell the whole, story. yeah, yeah like, I want to so, hear the full so, story here. So in high school in, in the state of mass, I was like one of the top football players. 
um, all Scholastic, all that stuff in the news that you see. But I didn't have the digital era, and this digital era, which is sick, like so there was no high. Yeah, then. I was making my highlight five, on five, four, or three star athlete has yeah. an agent already. For yeah, marketing and it's crazy. Deals, yeah. And so for me, like I was in that era of like getting your highlight tape on a DVD and then mm. sending it to schools, right? So, um, you know, I made a little bit of noise. I was, I was, I was pretty decent player. I don't like to talk about myself in that way, <laughs> but I had like UMass Amherst, UNH, uh, URI, Syracuse, a little interest from BC. Stony Brook Wagner, Sacred Heart. Um, Bunch of strong D1 oh, programs. Yeah, yeah. Strong, D1, strong right? D1 like, programs. And so one day my athletic director comes into, might have been my junior year, comes into one of our practices uh, in the locker room. And me and my boys, a lot of us were like in the same age bracket, right? Like juniors, seniors, ready to shake up college or try to get there. And he comes in like Santa Claus with a black trash bag. And I'm looking at him across the locker room like, what is this? And he and it was just us, right? Like all the older cats. And he goes around, and the first thing he says is like, "I'm sorry, guys." He's like, "I've been telling your coach to come clean out his mailbox for a while now, and it's just getting out of hand." And I'm like, "A trash bag." And he goes around, and in elastics, it's each of our names with like the schools that were looking at us, and you can see everybody's face in the room drop. So like, he's handing my seniors letters that they should have got when they were juniors. There were letters from me that I should have got as a sophomore that would allow me to go to camp summer leading to my junior year. By the time he got to my locker, he dumped the entire rest of the bag. I have the letters to this day. I show them to my daughters, my nieces, and nephews as motivation to, like, don't allow anybody to dictate your dreams, right? So, like, at that time, there was no NIL. There was none of that. I couldn't speak for myself. You couldn't have an agent at that time. So when I seen all these letters, the first thing that went off in my head is, like, yo, what's next? Right. Like I missed out on these D1 schools. And so, like, luckily enough, there was a coach at Curry College, uh, Skip Bandini, who coached that. He had a ton of pros around us, pro level coaches, all that. They were like five time uh, champions in their conference out of D3. Like, but they played on a national level. And I just wanted to get out of my neighborhood. So after doing a visit at like Syracuse and did BC camp, you know, um, it didn't work out because I felt like I lost that time. Got into Curry, played there. I'm actually in the Hall of Fame there with my teammates. We had the best uh, record overall in, in statistical year ever in Curry College football. So I'm in the Hall of Fame there. So that was a blessing. There you go. Man, it's cool. <laughs> but um, that's what made me go Juco. Okay. Because after that one year there, I'm, I, you know, I've played with some great guys at that, at that school. But, like, in my heart, I'm like, I don't belong here. Mm. So that's what made me go to California. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to Cali. My cousin was already out there um, in Juco Circuit. I, I gave him my highlight tape to give his coach. I'm like, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to be where you're at. And, and that's how I got there. But, um, you know. So it sounds like you had that experience with that trash bag. Yeah. And now you want to provide the opposite for these kids where you 100%. give them more than anyone. You know, you, 100%. you can be from the social media stuff to yeah. the branding stuff to just on the field support. And which is huge because like first it just started with my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and my kids, right? Like I had the resources to try to get get in get into their heads, get them ahead of the curve, like understanding like listen, like yes, it's cool to play a sport, but you're in the life of business now. Like a school is gonna come get you the more marketable you are. You're gonna get more deals or more attention or whatever through that period. Because somebody can be as talented as you, you can be on the same level, but if that person brings in eyes and views and all those things, that's money. That's dollar signs for private schools. That's dollar signs for institutions, whatever, on the next level, right? So, like, um, you know, having that and being able to try to get the kids' minds to get into the mentality of, like, yeah, it's sports, but, like, what's next for you business-wise? What are some attributes we can take from you as a youth that we could pour into? You might be the next person in robotics. You might want to go to MIT. So I don't want a kid to lose out on that opportunity thinking they're chasing, um, you know, just athletics. Like a good friend of mine, his son is like, a, you know, an amazing offensive lineman at, at uh, CM Catholic Memorial. Is it a Ger- Gerb? So I heard a Ger- – so Gerb is a beast. Yeah. But he – this is uh, Sullivan. Okay. He's, he's – CM uh, always has yeah, yeah, some linemen. And this kid is amazing, right? Yeah. And – he has a few great schools getting his attention, Notre Dame, BC, all this stuff, right? And, you know, me and his dad are close, and he's like, well, what do you think? Like, he's asking me my opinion on these schools. And I told him straight up, I said, 
I think Harvard's the best choice for your son. And he was like, why? I was like, well, it's Ivy League. And even if football don't pan out, because his son's extremely smart, and we talked about it's like, he's getting a degree from Harvard, man. So if football don't pan out, he's going to be good in the real world. And on top of that, if you're really that good on that level, they're going to come get you from Harvard to get you in the league. Either way, because they're going to say, hey, he's smart as hell. He has the size. He has the speed. He can play at D1. They already know who was already looking at you. You chose to go here. You know what I mean? To stand out. So, like, things like that. Like, I've been telling him that not – I could have easily been like, yeah, go to Clemson. Clemson was after him. I could be like, go to Notre Dame. But like, Which to most people seems like the, the right decision. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like you have to think of that next level. Like, sports is a tool. And it's not here for a long time. There's guys who are great athletes and, and dummies. Yeah. They don't know anything, right? And then that's when they go broke or they don't have the right people around them and stuff like that. What's, what's been the, like, response from – especially I'm curious about the youth because to me and, like, the, the crowd I'm around yeah. and on social media, it seems like entrepreneurship has – and just business and this social media stuff has become very cool. Yeah. Have the youth – players that you work with caught on to that and they're into building their brand and the social media stuff yeah it's pretty of- it's pretty funny because like the kids they're on the funny level right they're mm-hmm. on like the tiktok the yeah. funny stuff you make it fun for them it's goofy then when you get to like the high school level they are right like me and you know some of the same guys like mm-hmm. joe and pop and stuff like that right and and without social media like who would have came and seen them out of springfield right and these kids are at the top tear d1 schools yeah. but they're taking it to the next level branding wise and like even my own nephew right like he was part of that whole covid fiasco where like he got into high school in the ninth in the ninth grade by the time covid was done he was a junior but he missed out on that whole experience to be you know playing those two years that might have made you prepared to be a junior and so i had a real conversation with him i'm like listen you have to catch up Right. And then so he took it very serious, got a trainer, did all the right things. And now my nephew has like a couple offers. D1. This is a kid who they barely got to see. But because he committed to what I was trying to put him in the lane to get to, like it paid off for him. Right. Like and now he has a choice to go full ride scholarship somewhere. And I think like my experience with the youth is they're seeing it. They're understanding it and may know like my time's now. I may not make the league, but how do I turn this? NIL deal into a couple dollars. How do I turn this merch deal into a couple of those? How do I how do I become um that entrepreneur? And I think that's where a lot of them are at. Like you can make a lot of money being in school right now that'll set you up even if you didn't go pro to set you up in general, right? There's like, probably some youth athletes now that their goal is they're they're you know on the field, they're playing yeah. on a team. But their goal is now to be a business person, oh, a businessman, a businesswoman. And that probably has never happened before. It wasn't before. And yeah. now it's – and then it's going to just make everything a bigger business, yeah. right? And then it's going to make everyone – it's putting everybody on their toes and their P's and Q's. And athletes are becoming smarter about who's around them, mm-hmm. the people they keep around them, how they're building those teams, and all that's important. So, like, to go back on, like, some of the projects you said that I have in mind, like, right now, what I've been doing is – um you know, there were athletes and people that I dealt with before when I was younger that I may not have had all the resources that I do now, but, like, we both were growing together, right? Like, I was just more or less around them and utilizing my network to help make sure they were good in certain spaces and certain connections that I have. But, I'm, you know, I've been connected with, like, a venture capitalist right now and a buddy of mine who's in the investment world, and they're trying to get athletes to be more cautious of like what's life like for them after they're done with sports, right? Like the average athlete's lifespan is done by 34, 35. That's a whole lot of life to live, right? Like most people when they retire, like 65. So we're tapping into spaces of like, let's take that money while you have it, while it's hot, while you're a hot commodity and really invest it in yourself. But like real investments, not the bullshit that you think is going to go somewhere or your buddy's restaurant store or shop like Something that we know that's coming through the pipeline that billionaires and those one percenters know about that you have a chance to invest in. Mm. And when you invest in this thing five, six years down the line, like you you didn't triple your worth. We're talking generational wealth, right? And so this this guy, Rashawn Williams, um, you know, you guys can look him up online, but he is a venture capitalist. He used to work uh, with Goldman Sachs for years and handles big hedge funds. And a buddy of mine, Julian Aiken, who 
um, you know, again, met through my network. His younger brother was starting point guard at Harvard. Me and Julian, like, we've been connected from the day that we met. Um, he went to school here in New England and from New Jersey. But one of the smartest people that I know, um, he's younger than me, but he's extremely sharp. And during COVID, he was one of the people that I drew inspiration from because he was working from home, but he was in Arizona. And he was dealing with athletes and ball players and like what the next steps were coming out of COVID for him. And so I flew out there and I went out there during like my birthday for like five, six days. We watched the NBA finals out there. I was in the mountains. This is when the bubble was going on. And and it was like one of the best things that I could have done. And coming out of it, it 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 has shown and proven like where he's at now and the space he's at now. Like he reached back to find me like, hey, big bro, like we're moving in this direction like. I want you to be in on this. And we just, we're shaking and baking. Like, the goal is long-term stuff, right? Like, it's cool to be around athletes. But like you said to me, like, they're normal people to me. I don't get starstruck. How do we build real relationships where we're all eating, everybody's eating, everybody's happy, nobody's going broke, nobody's losing money. Um, so a lot of the things that I'm learning in that investment world right now is just really what I'm trying to expose athletes to on a higher level who's already there. And then being able to already have those resources ready for the youth as they come up, right? So I might have a kid I'm coaching right now that's 12, 14. He might be the next big thing. But if I already have, now we're now we're going back to the new balance situation, right? Now I'm, I have those connections to make a call for you mm -hmm. because I took all this time to build it. And it's I think, a, you know, at this point, you know, being in that high level investment world with the guys that are just like crazy smart yeah. you know they, they've focused in, on that for years uh and, and taking that over that kind of comes back to your time at the w you know All where that's it. that's where that started that just being a sponge and, and you know transferring knowledge from place it's to crazy place. and that's and like that's my journey yeah. right like everybody's journey is different but like i didn't have a blueprint yeah and all those steps were necessary like i couldn't rush the process they were each of them i had to go through to understand why they were placed in my life to be at this point. Under, and now, like, again, I didn't get the rest of that education at school. That was hands-on, hand-to-hand, understanding, being in these rooms, and now being able to be like, okay, this makes sense and why it makes sense, right? So, like, now when I meet, you know, a college athlete at BC compared to when I did six years ago and was, you know, helping guys get agents and all those things, I'm now actually a, a bigger resource for them. And it's a much bigger conversation. And now that NIL is alive, like, that's nothing. How do we create your job? Your job as what you're trying to do is, yes, you want to be an athlete, but like you really, they don't have the time sometimes to think about those things. Like, oh, how do I, how do, I do this? How to put in this? That's okay. Not everybody ha has that ability to do so, but make sure the people around you are on that time, mm -hmm. right? Make sure you have a nickel media. Make sure you have a DP marketing and ink around you so that, those people that you trust that are around you are going to put you in a position that your brand is surviving and is living while you're doing everything else, but you're still in the loop, right? Like, yeah, you may not have created the visual content, but you're in the loop of what's going on and why that visual content's around you, right? And and what it's going to do for you and what investments you're making that long-term is going to pay off and why, right? Like athletes have to know to ask the questions why. And so I've, I've, now, like we just said, like some of the projects I have going on compared to like, I used to do like fun, cool stuff, right? Like help partner with Jalen Brown on his first uh, charity gala. That was an amazing um, experience, right? Like Jalen's a great guy. He's extremely smart. Like a lot of the things that he has going on now, I'm not surprised. We've had, we had conversations about that like four years ago. Like some of the stuff that he said when he got his contract, like he was talking about those things, right? Like how do I make a difference? How do I do what I need to do. He's a very smart um, gentleman, right? But I ha I was blessed to be around him and have those type of conversations. But again, regular human being with with things outside of basketball that motivate him um, and so forth and, and these experiences that I've taken with me. So now, you know, I have the ability to be in rooms with other athletes that, it's, again, I don't look at them like athletes. I just relate to them. We kick it whether it's golf, whether it's um, about real-life scenarios, um, things like that, man, and, and I'm blessed. I, I, it's all I can say. I've just been put in a position to be in blessed rooms and situations and just 
be myself. I don't really try to be anything other than myself. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the biggest things that I've gathered from this conversation. Just genuine, being being who you are and connecting the dots and everything like that. Um, is there anything else you want to add? I, this is this was like this was like, <laughs> this awesome, man. No, no, like yeah. I I appreciate you guys, man. I I don't really have much more to say other than you know any any listeners out there, anybody that's tuning in to uh, Nickel Media Podcast, like um, you know, be yourself. Chase your dreams. Um, there's nothing wrong with being in school. There's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. Just whatever you decide to do when you wake up, decide to be something, decide to uh, work towards something, decide to try to be better. Um, we all go through a lot of stuff. We all have ups and downs, but like, what is your next day? What does your next fight look like? And and just continue to be in the fight. Um, and, you know, and just try to make a difference. Like, we're in, we're in such a world where vanity and all these different things can kind of like take over and consume, you know, the human mind. But at the end of the day, we can't take any of this shit with us. And I think life is very short. Um, so we should, you know, truly um, invest into the things that we enjoy, um, invest into the people that are around us um, that we enjoy and and live you know life to the fullest ability that we can well said oh, yeah. thank you <laughs> nah, where can people you find us man oh man uh <laughs> you can find me on instagram um at dp 617 um you know my website is www.dpehub.com um yeah man you can find me there shaking and moving just staying busy i'm a quiet guy but loud on the internet uh, with my marketing and just connecting with people, but just trying to enjoy life, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, man. Um, This is a blessing. You guys are going to do really, really well. We appreciate that. We're trying to tell a huge variety of stories right now, and I think that yours is going to add well to everything (laughs) we're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. This is awesome. All right, that's a wrap. There we that's go. Thank you. Thank you. No, this is that awesome. was smooth. That was that really was awesome. Smooth. That was definitely Real was like.